Hi everybody, this is Michael Hildebrand and I'm your host on the Sleep Trust Podcast, where I'm talking about how to gain back trust in your ability to have a superb sleep again. In this week's episode of the Sleep Trust Podcast, we're going to talk about how shift work can actually cause insomnia. And my intent is to give you the tools to protect yourself. If you're a shift worker right now, you're a nurse, a doctor, a policeman, whatever it is, firefighter, uh, and there are several jobs that we rely on people like you doing their job with passion and uh, to, to in service to the world. So high appreciation for that. And what I want to do in this week's episode is to walk you through what you can do to actually protect yourself from getting insomnia or reduce the risk and protect your health, essentially. So um, yeah, let's get started right away. If you if you're working shifts, like what, what you can imagine this to be like is a little bit like you, you've got this. Let's imagine we've got a pot of tea, like you've got a big pot of tea in front, standing in front of yourself. And the tea is like very quiet. It has a steady surface. You're not touching it. It's on the uh, it's on the table and it's a steady surface. And that's what you want to be the state of your mind when you go to bed. Uh, to fall asleep, right? So now, to get this done, we need to be in a state that promotes sleep. And there are a couple of factors that play into this. There's the factor in our mind, like we need certain rituals and certain patterns in our mind to promote us falling asleep, actually, to get that T, to have that steady surface. And there are other factors related to the outside world in particular to light, temperature, uh, external stimulus. So now when we're working shifts, it's a little bit as if somebody's always messing around with a cup of tea with a spoon. So you cannot really prevent this from happening. So there's always a little bit of little waves going on And that's just what we need to cope with. But if we handle things in the wrong way, it's a little bit as if we pick up that cup of tea, start to move around hectically and get like heavy waves in the cup, um, leading to even tea spilling. And that's the point when I would say we've got insomnia. Now we're stressed up, our body clock is completely mixed up. Like last episode was around the body clock. You might want to listen to that if you haven't so far. Um, And it's hard for us to get into the state of being able to fall asleep physically because of the stimulus and mindset wise. So today I'm going to hand over a couple of tools for you to frame your sleep in a way that you reduce your risk, your odds of getting insomnia through working shifts. And uh, yeah, that said, like generally speaking, if you're not passionate about your job and your working shifts, then try to get out of that job. Because overall, like there is, uh, there are drawbacks and we, we can only set a frame to minimize them. We cannot get rid of them completely. So if you work shifts, your risk of getting uh, certain diseases raises and depending on what we do here together and how you implement these things, they're going to raise more or less 
but the risk does raise. So you should be passionate about that. Like life is risky. No matter if you work shifts or do other things, there is always risk in life. That's what uh, is a little bit the spice of life too. So I wouldn't overrate this, but you should be passionate about what you do. I think that's a very essential message here. Like if you are and like you're a nurse and it's very um, valuable for you to help people, you see the, the value of your work and it feels good for you, that's great. Take the risk. If not, like if you hate your job and on top of that, you're working shifts, try to get, get out of that. Um, if you do and start to get your head around that, I'm sure you're going to find a job that suits you better uh, with, you know, not working shifts. And in the end, you might even be earning more than you are right now. So uh, that is a general consideration. Now let's dive in what we can do actually to minimize our risk of getting insomnia, having problems to fall asleep, having problems to stay asleep, not getting the sleep quality when we're working shifts. And the very first thing that we want to become very aware of is the usage or misusage of substances like caffeine or alcohol. And there are a lot of other substances that have similar effects. So we want to be careful with things that jack us up and keep us awake and calm us down. These can lead to a vicious cycle. Now we're working against our body clock, right? We get tired, so it's completely natural that we want to reach out to things that wake us up. Uh, caffeine, just as an example, has a half-life time of six hours, meaning if you drink your last cup of coffee at 3 a.m. in the morning, six hours later, still half of that caffeine is running through your bloodstream, making it harder for you to fall asleep. So now when you can't fall asleep, and that's the vicious cycle, you need something to calm you down, like, Let's take alcohol here as an example. So now you start drinking alcohol to calm you down, to let you fall asleep. But the sleep quality that you're going to get with alcohol is just not the quality of sleep that you would get if you fall asleep naturally. And we're not talking about um, a little, little uh, impact here. It's a big impact. Like REM sleep is blocked through alcohol, um, leaving you in a, a like... REM sleep is dream sleep and dream sleep is something that the well-known sleep expert and uh, an expert that I really respect, Matthew Walker, calls our built-in therapy system. So now imagine you're cutting away um, your built-in therapy system or parts of that at least. What will that do with your mood? And so on and so on. So it's a vicious cycle really uh, spiraling downwards. So what can we do instead of using these substances? Um, number one, instead of uh, using caffeine or these things, it's just good to do something that keeps you awake. And number one is like move your body, move your body. It's okay to drink coffee when your shift starts. There's still plenty of hours left. But after that, move your body, like get into fresh air. These are things that will help you to stay awake. Do something that is mentally challenging for you, like something that's interesting for you will keep you awake on a natural way. Um, and maybe even have a little nap, like something like a 15 minute nap, 10 to 20 minutes, somewhere around that. Have a little nap in your shift just to refresh, but not give you the amount of sleep that would kind of make it harder for you to fall asleep in the morning when you are able to sleep. So these are all things that you can do that will keep you awake. And 
if you stay awake in a natural way, odds are you're going to become tired alone if you do the rest. And we're going to talk about what you can do to promote that when you have the opportunity to sleep and you don't need alcohol or other substances, giving you a more a, a better sleep quality, a more resting, refreshing sleep, upspiraling uh, your, your um, health spiral. Number two is all around a topic that we had a discussion in the last uh, episode when it came to our body clock. And this is light, light, temperature, noise, but in particular, the most important and the one thing, if there's one thing out of these three, you really want to focus on, it's light. So typically when light, the sun shows up, that's a clear signal for our bodies that it's time to wake up to take action. There are little receptors in our eyes that pick up on blue light in particular and send that signal to our suprachiasmatic nucleus. It's a fancy word for our inner clock, the main inner clock. We've got a lot of inner clocks, but for the main inner clock, signaling that it's daytime. So as long as light is there in a certain amount, our body wants to take action, wants to stay awake. So number one is that you want to sit in a bright light environment. If you're sitting in an office doing shifts, it's good to have maybe have a daytime lamp there. Get light into that space. Like if you're a nurse, obviously, and you're walking through the floors and especially checking in on your patients, you cannot have a bright light everywhere. But at the place where you're sitting, in the times when you're not running through all of the rooms of your patients, you can set up a daytime lamp or maybe even two and get into a bright environment. That's a strong signal for your body that it's daytime. And all of uh, you others, like when, when you're working, uh, like if you're a police officer and you're sitting in the car, obviously you cannot put bright light into your car or, or it's not possible everywhere. And there's no complete fix for working shifts. This is just a little inspiration. So if you're able to do that, do that. Um, when you get back home and now it's starting to get daytime or it is daytime, it might, sun might be outside already. You want to use blue light blocking glasses in the morning. Like as soon as the sun comes out, you want to use these glasses, even though I do not believe that they're going to give you like 100% benefit if it were dark. Um, they do have an effect because we've got little receptors in our eyes that pick up on blue light in particular and give that signal to the SCN. It's a part in our brain, our main inner clock, and signal it's getting daytime. Wake up now. So, But now when you're working shifts, you want to fall asleep, right? So blocking this blue light out with blue light uh, blocking glasses, and there some of them are like little yellowish, have yellowish glasses, but there are blue light lo blocking glasses out there that have clear glasses. Like it's it's uh, they look like normal uh, glasses. You don't look like an alien or something. We'll say, uh, and that's a good idea to use them as soon as the sun uh, uh, raises. And when you get home, as soon as you get home, get into a light a blocked environment, block, you know, get your windows darkened and so on, darken everything. And if you are living in a family and that's not possible because the rest of your family is just having breakfast or something, uh, try to get into your room as fast as possible where you can 
get into dark environment. Temperature, uh, these are things that we want to check in on too. At nighttime, typically temperature drops a bit. So if you are able to reduce the temperature in your bedroom just slightly, if you've got air con, do that and also keep it quiet. That's obviously noise is always a distractor for sleep. So try to keep your bedroom quiet. And if it's too noisy because there is a lot of uh, things going on in your house, might be like you've got a family and so on, then try to um, take action and make your bedroom like a very silent place. Maybe you can add things to the walls or to your doors to make it a very silent spot or just ask your family to take care and try to be just slightly um, uh, less noisy than they would be typically. And depending on if you've got kids or not, that's going to be harder or easier to do. But these are all just inspirations, right? So cool down your bedroom if possible, darken out all of the light out of your bedroom, uh, if possible, even out of the other rooms and move into that room as fast as you can after your shift before you um, go to bed. Third thing, and that goes a little, goes in line with the second thing a bit, it's rituals. You want to have and protect strong rituals. Like the one thing is our body, our physical sensations, the sunlight, the temperature, these things. That's something that our body just um, copes with. But the other big thing is our mind, right? And you're completely in control of your mind. So if you've got a certain bedtime ritual before you go to bed on your regular shifts, like just assuming you've got regular shifts, then stick to that exact ritual as far as possible when you're, you're uh, in your shift, in your night shift. Do the exact same things. Brush your teeth. Um, I don't know what you do. Read a book. Do whatever you do in your day shift, in your night shift too. That way, that's a strong anchor for your mind that it's time to go to bed, will help you to fall asleep faster, will help you to stay asleep longer, better, get that sleep quality that you deserve to have. So protect your rituals. And if you need to, you might want to adapt to be able to apply the same or widely same ritual at your night shifts when it's time to fall asleep in the morning. So protect your rituals, take care of the sensations, light, temperature, noise, and be very critical when it comes to the usage of substances, rather shift over to natural versions, moving your body, having naps. These kind of things are really helpful and stay consistent. Last tip here, and that doesn't go along with the steps, but if you have like a, a shift and there's a weekend in between or, or a day in between your shift where you have a, a like a normal day, stick to the rhythm that you've got in your shift. It's just going to make it so much harder. I know it's very intriguing to say, okay, now I'm going to live my normal life, get up with the family, go to bed with the family, get up with my friends, do these things with my friends. Um, if there's only a day or two, you're just going to mess up the rhythm, make it so much harder for you. So rather stick to that rhythm, even if there's a day in between and pretend you've got that night shift, even if you don't, and that's going to make it easier for you to stay in the rhythm, to get that sleep that you need to stay healthy, that you deserve to feel good. And that's what I wish for you. So um, yeah, it's, it's up to you. You can like with all the information that I shared with you today, and then there are a couple of things that um, 
might relate to you. It's up to you if you implement these or which things you implement into your life and which you might not uh, want to touch. But uh, if you want to implement these things, I'm going to be super happy always to get your feedback. Also, if you need help doing these things together to set up your rituals or whatever it is uh, at present, I'm handing away a two-week free performance through sleep coaching trial. So you're going to get access to all of the tools that we use here at Sleep Trust that I use in my coachings. Uh, you're going to get a training, access to training videos, and you're even going to get free access for two weeks to uh, group coaching sessions. So if that's interesting for you, visit sleeptrust.eu and on the main page, you're going to find uh, a little uh, spot where you can apply for one of these spots. Spots are limited, but um, as always, if you are committed to improve your sleep quality, your life, your performance in that regards, then I'm going to take care that you get one of those spots. So the only thing you need to decide is if you want to show up right away. So, and with that said, uh, let's wrap up this week's episode of the Sleep Trust Podcast. Working shifts can have a major effect on our health and can cause insomnia. But there are several things that we can do to reduce the risk of getting insomnia and also the impact that goes along with our health. Number one is that you should carefully examine the usage of substances like caffeine and alcohol and try to uh, use them in a way that serves you rather than harming you. Number two is to take care of external factors like light, temperature and noise. And number three is to protect your rituals and keep them similar in daytime, nighttime shifts because that's a big anchor for your mind, for your brain to let you fall asleep faster, get that high quality sleep and wake up more refreshed than if you do all of the other things that we went through in this week's episode. And that's it for this week's episode of the Sleep Trust Podcast. I hope you enjoyed yourself and that you tune in next week when we are going to talk about how bad working habits can actually promote or cause insomnia. Until then, have a superb sleep. Hey there, and thanks for listening to the Sleep Trust Podcast. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. If you want to get further information on this podcast or material that will help you to gain back your sleep trust, please check out sleeptrust.eu. That's sleeptrust.eu where you will get lots of information around sleep. And here comes some legal stuff. Everything on this podcast is my opinion only, so do not take it as an advice, as I am not a doctor, nor have I considered your personal situation. If you feel that you need medical advice, please consider getting an appointment at your doctor of trust. If you want to give me any kind of feedback on this podcast, feel free to email me at podcast at sleeptrust.eu. I hope you tune in again next week and until then, have a good sleep.